0: How much space do you have in your life? How much space do you have in your life? Space. We all have limits. We all have only so much space. Some people have full lives. Some people have rather empty lives. The question is, what fills your life? What fills your life? What fills your space? When I'm speaking of of space, I'm talking about time, attention, thought, and activity. What do we think about? What do we spend our lives doing? What do we value? It's the measure of what our lives consist of. Space, how much space do you have in your life? At Christmas time, our lives are usually too full. I think we can all identify with that. Too many demands, too little time, too much to do, not enough time, too much to think about, and too little space. And in the middle of of the season that we're in, so busy we can hardly stop for a deep breath, it's good to stop and ask, why am I doing all this? Why am I doing all this? In some parts of the world, people are just worried about survival, just food and shelter, whether it's homeless on our city streets or famine victims overseas. But here in America, most of us have food, shelter, and security. So we look for more in life in order to fill our space. Self-actualization or self-fulfillment, happiness, peace, contentment. How much space do you have? And what do you fill it with? What do you fill it with? We're going to start today by looking, first of all, at some myths of space. Myths of space, not outer space, but inner space, our space. Myths of space. The first myth is life filled with activity, equals importance. Life filled with activity equals importance. If I'm busy, if I have a full schedule, my cell phone rings a lot, I have lots of texts and emails, if my calendar is full, then I am important. I must be. For many of us, our view of how important we are is measured by how busy, how busy we are. How tired we are at the end of the day. How much we've done. I must have accomplished a lot today because I'm really tired. We love to tell others how incredibly busy we are. Because in our minds, busyness equals importance. And we fill our lives with activity. And many times we never stop and ask, why am I doing all of this? Another side to this part of the myth is I am what I do. I base my self-image, status, and position on my job. I am what I do. When, When we quit doing, who am I? Who am I? There's more to each of us than what we do. Life filled with activity equals importance. Myth number two, life filled with diversion equals happiness. Life filled with diversion equals happiness. It can be recreation, it can be hobbies, it can be parties, vacations, diversion. We are the most diverted people in the world. Did you know that? The more diverted, we like entertainment, whether it's concerts or television, movies or theater. We like sports events. Big thing here in Wisconsin. Great sports team. So we love whether it's the Packers or Vikings or Badgers or whatever it is. Baseball, Brewers, or the Twins, hockey. We like sports events. We're diverted. Okay. Vacations. We like vacations, whether it's cruises or ski trips. Hunting, boating, or fishing. I'm glad most everybody's back from hunting for deer now. I'm glad to see you all back in church. I'm sure you worship Jesus out in the, in the fields or forests. That can be done as well. As long as I have diversion, I'll be happy. It's a form of escapism. And you know what? We all need some diversion. It helps balance our lives. I talk to, talk to people who go out hunting, and they say, I just love being out in the wilderness. They don't say anything about shooting. They just love to be in the woods. But that venison, that's something that's good, too. But diversion, diversion. The myth is life filled with aversion. Diversion equals happiness. Myth number three. Number three. Life filled with money equals security. Life filled with money equals security. How much money is enough? How much money is enough? If we all wrote down a figure, an amount, I'm sure it would vary greatly from person to person. Everybody would say something different, but most of us would just say more. Okay. We just need more, Okay, whatever that is. We need money, more. I know of people who have counted on retiring when they had enough money to live securely. When they got to that point, they didn't think they had enough so they kept on working and worrying because they didn't know if enough was enough. Now We save, we invest, we count our money and we ought to save and invest and count our money. But money does not equal security no matter how much we have. Life filled with money equals security, myth three. Myth number four, life filled with possessions equals contentment. Life filled with possessions equals contentment. How many of us reject this myth and principle, yet practice it religiously? Principle. Just one more piece of furniture, a little nicer house, new carpet, hardwood flooring, Add addition to the house, the new boat, the fly reel, another set of golf clubs, the new Harley or the pickup, finished my stamp or my coin collection, a couple more suits, one more dress or purse to match each set of shoes. I'm just glad that as men, we don't need a different briefcase to match both our pairs of shoes, just so you know. That was a joke. Several years ago, there was a new holiday trend. I, I don't think it quite caught on, but it was it was called the upside down Christmas tree. I don't even remember the upside down Christmas tree. Yeah, they said it works great. One one city, one company, retail company in New York, uh, sold a, a seven foot pre lit Christmas tree with over eight hundred commercial grade lights. It was only five ninety nine, five hundred ninety nine dollars. They said it makes it easier to see the ornaments because it's upside down, and so they hang down and it's not inhibited from view by the needles. It also allows for more accumulation of gifts underneath because it you know got a lot of room for presents. They said it's a great idea. Target actually picked it up and decided that this is good because the trees upside down leave more room on the floor for gifts. Okay. Only only in America probably. Myth number five myth number five life filled with pleasure equals satisfaction. Life filled with pleasure equals satisfaction. Gratify all my appetites and all my senses. The palate or food, sexual desire, fantasies, getting high on alcohol alcohol and drugs. And you know what? It is never enough. We always want more. We're never satisfied. Never satisfied. Myth number six. Life filled with people equals fulfillment. Life filled with people equals fulfillment. Well, People are human, too. They can let you down. Somehow, I think, if I just have a lot of friends around myself with family, I'll be totally fulfilled. Well, people, family, and friends bring more fulfillment than anything else. But what happens when we're alone again? We cannot fill our space with only people. Something more. Myth number seven. Life filled with success equals meaning. Life filled with success equals meaning. I set high goals, I achieve them. I'll find meaning. Becoming a corporate executive, gain seniority at work, graduating with honors. we have goals and success. And it, goals is, goals are great. It's great to have goals and aim for goals. But when you reach those goals, that's not what brings meaning. Myth number eight: life filled with recognition equals reward. Life fills with recognition equals reward. Fame, recognition. Of course, we know fame is fleeting. Today's movie stars tomorrow's unknown. A sports hero has one bad season, and there has been. Every athlete is one injury away from extinction. Now, we are not the first people who believed and practiced these myths of space. There are a lot of people that we can look at in the Bible. The most astounding one and the most uh, significant example, I think, is a, a man named Solomon. Solomon. He happened to be the wisest, richest, and most famous man that ever lived. He was known worldwide. And he wrote the following. I... I think we have this on projection, yeah. Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 11. This is a New Living Translation. makes it a little easier to understand. Solomon wrote this. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks more than any kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed to me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But, verse 11, as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. All meaningless. All like chasing the wind. He said there was nothing worthwhile. Kind of a dark picture. Of course, you go to the end of Ecclesiastes and you find some answers. Now, why would I talk about this at Christmas? Because God up there looked down on earth and he saw people living the myths of space. He saw their meaningless pursuit of all these things. And he cared enough and loved us enough to decide to do something about it. God loved people so much, he said, I know the real issues I know the real problem. I will find a way to fill that space. I will find a way to fill that space. In fact, that's what Christmas is all about. Pascal said, there's a God-shaped vacuum inside each man that can only be filled with God himself. A space created for God that must be filled with God, a reminder all of us need. In Matthew one twenty-three, says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. God came to fill our space. We try to fill our space and our lives with many things, but in the final analysis, only one thing, only one person can adequately fill that space. God. Myths of space. Now, let's look at the facts of space. These are facts. First one is, number one, Jesus came to demonstrate God's love. Jesus came to demonstrate God's love. Romans 5.8 says in the New Living says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, if I'm going to let anyone in my life, I must know they care about me. If we're going to let them in our life and have influence and have relationship with them, we have to know they care about us. So they love us. Risking relationship. God demonstrated that love and care for you and me by sending Jesus. Sending Jesus. John 3.16, very well known. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I can let someone in my life who has demonstrated by his actions that he loves me and he cares about me. Jesus came to demonstrate God's love. That's a fact of space. Secondly, Jesus came to communicate God's truth. Communicate God's truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We must be able to separate truth from myth. We can never find fulfillment, happiness, peace, self-actualization, but living lives according to the myths. We have to live according to truth. And I, I want truth, not myth. I want reality, not fantasy. And Jesus, Jesus is the truth. And the third fact of space, Jesus came to fill our space. Jesus came to fill our space John 10, 9 through 10, in the New Living says, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. All of our space, all of our space needs can be filled with Jesus. Jesus. The need for importance, the need for happiness, desire for security, for contentment and satisfaction, fulfillment, meaning, and rewards. We're not alone on the planet. We've seen, over the years, many pursuits of fulfillment, filling that space. And Jesus, in Matthew 6, said to a people that were concerned, they were preoccupied with filling the needs of their lives, trying to fill their space. And he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek him first. All these things will be given to you as well. Jesus came to fill our space, because only God can fill our space. Where are you today? Where are you today? Have you grown up believing the myths of space? Have you lived a life trying to fill that space? You're not alone. Millions of people today are doing that exact same thing. The fact of space is that God, and only God, can fill that space through Jesus Christ. Emmanuel. God with us. That's why Jesus came. That's why Christmas.